Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. share with you some thoughts. I carefully kept looking towards the east to see when sundown is, because <laughs> my commission tonight is to uh, complete the message at sundown. <laughs> so um, how many of you were able to make it through all day to fast? I mean, how did you do? Did you do okay? I know that wasn't a very good question, but... <laughs> And uh, dinner's at Roy's house tonight, by the way, over there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. Um, it's good. There's a saying, it, you actually find it in the Hebrew prayer book, if you look in the Maksor and also in the regular prayer book. And it's, uh, I've mentioned it a couple times over the last 24 hours, mainly to lead to this uh, somewhat. But it says in the Hebrew language, Mi Yom Kippur Le Yom Kippur. Pretty simple, fairly simple Hebrew. And that means literally from Yom Kippur to Yom Kippur. And it's a very common saying at this time of the year. And you might wonder, well, why? I mean, what's me Yom Kippur le Yom Kippur? Why there? Well, the roots of this saying really go back to what this commemoration is all about, what this fast day is about. It goes back to the original purpose for Yom Kippur, and as Yom means day, and Kippur is one way to say atonement, what this Day of Atonement is about. It really is about atonement. Another way to say atonement is kapara. It's about kapara and atonement. And I'm thankful, uh, as this saying goes, mi Yom Kippur le Yom Kippur is a recognition that atonement from last year and now atonement this year has been done. And we are a grateful people as Messianic believers because we know that our high priest ever lives and he gave his life once. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. It was only necessary for him to give his life once, to lay down his life once as a kapara for us, as an atonement for us. In Hebrews chapter 9, beginning with verse 24 in the book of Messianic Jews, uh, and we're picking up a section, it's a pretty weighty section, Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10, all the way to the Hall of Faith in chapter 11. Very weighty scripture. But it says, uh, we're picking up towards the end of the chapter, for Messiah, Yeshua, for Messiah, has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. And this, I have this underlined in my notes. This is a hallelujah statement, if, I, if there is, I ever was one. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. 
Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the, holy, the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, Yeshua has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the atonement, the judgment, so Messiah was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. And here the word salvation, the deeper meaning of the word salvation is a complete redemption, a complete deliverance. Aren't you glad that we have a Messiah who loves us so much that he willingly gave his life for us? I am. Let's hear that again. <laughs> All right, good. All right. So as we conclude this Yom Kippur fast, and many of you have been able to fast uh, this day, I think we have much to be thankful for. We have much to be thankful for, and I was also thinking about what's top of my list. And each of you may have your own list, what you're thankful for. And my top of my list was pretty easy to put at the top. That's the one I've been speaking about, Messiah Yeshua. He's top of the list for me. Personally, if it wasn't for Yeshua, I don't know where I would be right now. I don't know how I would be right now. Actually, I don't know if I would be right now alive. And you may think, well, I do, but no, you really don't. We don't know how much the Lord's intervention into our lives. And if you're a believer hearing these words, you are familiar with this type of phraseology, this type of statement. But we don't know how much the Lord's intervention in our lives has really impacted us. Some of it we see, and other parts of his intervention we really do not see. It's the mysteries that belong to God, so to say. It's the secret things that belong to him. And I'm convinced if we went around this room that you could each probably give a testimony of how the Lord has impacted your life. You'd be able to say those things that you know at this point. But frankly, just like the iceberg that you see the top of it and you don't see the, everything underneath the surface, I don't think we see all of what the Lord has done for his people and but let's bring that to home for you, for you as a person, or for me as a person. I think it's quite true that if it wasn't for Yeshua, I might not be here today, and maybe that's true for you as well. So great is his salvation, his redemption. Now, if you were able to hear Jonathan's message uh, this morning, um, he emphasized a number of things, but he emphasized time. That's the other four-letter word, T-I-M-E. He emphasized time, and he emphasized specifically being good stewards of the time that the Lord gives to us. And stewardship is mentioned often in Scripture, particularly in the Brit Hadashah, in the New Covenant. The concept, the idea of being a steward is, is there over and over again in the New Covenant. And I was reminded of this passage when Jonathan was talking about being a steward of time and stewardship particularly of time. I remembered this passage in 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'll read from verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be sober, be serious, and watchful in your prayers. 
And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. The word cover there is interesting because that's a similar concept to the idea of kapara, of atonement, a covering. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And here's the link to stewardship. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I know in my life, and I believe it's probably true for yours as a believer, that you've received quite an extension of grace to you. How many of you can honestly say God has extended a lot of grace to you? That, that's for sure my testimony, probably yours as well. A lot of his grace. And there are very various uh, definitions of his grace. One of it, the most common being his unmerited favor. But one thing about his grace is that when God extends grace to us, what a precious gift that is to us. Even as time is a gift for us, and no one knows if they even own tomorrow, even the rest of this evening, even as time is a gift for us, and we're to be good stewards of time, we should also be good stewards of the manifold grace of God in our life and make sure that as we live our lives and serve the Lord, that we serve the Lord with an understanding that it's because of his grace. There's a passage in John chapter 1 that says, the Torah came through Moses. And then it says, grace and truth came through Messiah Yeshua. And it describes grace as grace upon grace. And if you can imagine the piling on of grace, and some of you can say in your own lives that there's been a piling on of grace in your life where he has extended grace to you. In our household, that's a term we use. We talk about extending grace to family members or extending grace to others. If one of our children would come home with some kind of conflagration at school or something, we, I would talk to them about, well, extend grace, extend grace. It doesn't mean extend to them the ability to take advantage of you, but it means to extend grace to them. And we find oftentimes in our lives when we encounter difficult situations and difficult people, we find that behind their difficulties, behind what they're expressing to you, there's probably another story. Sometimes it doesn't even relate to you. It's as we talked about during the Jonah study, there's a transferal. It says Jonah was angry. It says that a few times in the text, he was angry. He was angry. And, and naturally, he extended some of that towards God. And who knows if there would have been other people around and probably would have extended that anger to them as well. So if you are a recipient of God's grace, this Yom Kippur, as we come to the break, the fast moment, you have received his grace with several divine purposes in mind. I'm just going to mention a few of the purposes, why you have grace, why you've received grace. And when you receive Messiah Yeshua and the forgiveness of sins in your life, you receive an extension of grace from Hashem, from the Almighty God. But why? Why, were, why, were, why was grace extended? Well, he wants you to live your life to glorify the Messiah. He's extended grace for you to do that, to glorify the Messiah in your life. He's extended grace to you so that you might proclaim him to others. 
He's extended grace to you so that you can be diligent to show yourself approved unto him, a workman not ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly proclaiming the word of truth. He's extended grace to you for that. He's extended grace to you to contribute to the next generation, the passing on of spiritual truths to the next generation. How many of you are grandparents here, by the way? I'm not. I can't raise my hand. <laughs> Let's see that again. I missed that. I was too busy kvetching up here. <laughs> Let's see it again, please. Now, I always say I would like to talk about grand because they are usually the first ones I want to show you pictures and everything else. So we're not going to do that tonight. It's not part of the Yom Kippur service. But as a grandparent and as a parent, and let me say also in the right boundary markers within a community, you've been extended grace, the grace of the Lord, so you can pass it on to others. And you can deliver to them some of the truths you've learned. We had a gentleman here, he moved away, but I'll never forget when he came to me, a young man, and he said to me, Rabbi Michael, I just want to learn from someone older. <laughs> I said, are you talking to me? <laughs> and it was true. He would come to me all the time before he moved away with all kinds of questions. I knew at a Bible study that he would come right up and talk to me. I knew I could see it in his eyes there. But, you know, we want to pass on to the next generation. You have been extended grace, not that you should keep all the good things of God to yourself, but that you should extend them on to the place or the people at the place that you frequent, that you have the social uh, connection with. You should extend it on. And we've received grace. There are a lot of purposes, but also to be an intercessor. When you know what darkness is like and you see others are in darkness, you want them to come out of darkness. If you really know that the wages of sin is death, you want them to come out of that. Once your heart's broken with the love of God, you don't desire any to perish. You want all to come to the knowledge of the Messiah, the knowledge of truth. Grace has been given to you to pray, to pray for them, to be physical intercessors for them at times. Grace has been given to you. In our afternoon study today of, it really was a very good discussion, by the way, I thought I learned a lot, uh, of, the, of Sefer Yonah, the book of Jonah, I was moved by the statement the mariners made to Jonah. <laughs> if you remember the story, the narrative, Jonah's fleeing from the call of God, and he goes and he buys his way onto a ship, and he gets out on the ship, and the tempest comes. And what is Jonah doing? Well, he goes down to the very belly of the ship. The tempest is raging, and the mariners finally figure out, well, this is, why is this different. Well, this guy's the different guy in our crew. We haven't experienced this before. Maybe it's his fault. He's the new guy in here. And they say this to him. It's in the book of Yonah, the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 4. It says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. I would say that's a perilous moment right there. The ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. 
But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship. The irony is he's in the belly of the ship just before he's in the belly of the big fish. <laughs> Goes down into the lowest parts of the ship. He had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to Jonah and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And I was struck by the captain's statement. What do you mean, sleeper? I hope that we don't hear that from heaven saying, what, what do you mean, sleeper? Why aren't you out and about extending my kingdom, extending my grace, being good stewards of your time, your treasure, of your, your talents, being good stewards. Why aren't you doing that? I hope we don't hear, what do you mean, sleeper? And if we are spiritually asleep, we are not calling upon the Lord. Now, I know some have said, well, I pray when I'm asleep and all that. Probably that happens. Probably that happens. The question, though, is how do you know you pray when you're sleeping? Because you're asleep. Unless your spouse tells you, <laughs> or you record yourself, I mean, but no, I, I, when I'm sleeping, I'm praying and all that. Well, I, I, I pray so. I hope so. But if we're spiritually asleep, we're not calling upon the Lord in that state. That's not the way we're projecting our life towards Him and towards actively doing His will. We're asleep. Now, I know when I drive in here, the 20-some miles that I drive one way, some of you drive farther, that I don't want anyone to sleep at the wheel on I-40. I know you agree with that, or I-44, or even on 39th Street or wherever. We don't want to be asleep at the wheel at this time in the Earth's history, in humanity's history. This is quite a time we live in. Ephesians chapter 5 read this passage um, on Shabbat. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. <laughs> Many pastors have used that in their sermons to get the attention of those listening to them. <laughs> I'm not sure it works all the time. But therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Messiah will give you light. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Truth be told here, this Yom Kippur, as it comes to an end, truth be told, we don't know that we'll be here next Yom Kippur. The Hebrew saying, Mi Yom Kippur le Yom Kippur, is, it's rife with meaning. There's a lot of meaning to that. It's not only about atonement, it's also about, since it's a yard site, a memorial time, it's also about realizing the brevity of our lives relatively, especially in comparison to eternity. How many of you know that our lives are very brief in comparison to eternity? It's like a, a breath there. So the precious gift of grace and the precious gift of life that the Lord has given us as we usher forward from this Yom Kippur, and God willing, are able to reconvene for next Yom Kippur, that we'll be able to reconvene as he wills and be able to say, I've been a good steward 
of the grace he's given me, of the time he's given me, of the treasure he's given me, of the talents he's given me. I've been a good steward of all that he's given unto me. And that it would not be said to us, awake, O sleeper, because we will be wide awake. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 10.40 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.